Welcome to Centerpoint Church Podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. In scripture, we hear about how the light of Jesus pursued so many and brought them close to him. Do you know he's pursuing you too? Will you allow the light of Christ to emanate from you? Uh, Hey, my name is Cy McMahon. I'm Canvas Pastor here at Centerpoint in Hayward. I'm super glad you've chosen to join us. Thanks for coming today. We know uh, there's a lot going on in this season and you're choosing to be here present with us to to worship the Lord, and that is a gift, and we're thankful for that. So whether you're joining us online or here in person, thank you so much for giving us uh, a precious hour. Um, I got a couple of uh, announcements um, that we want to get to. Uh, first off is we've got t-shirts. Yeah, so make Christ known t-shirts. We started, we gave them away last week. So if you weren't here last week to get one, they'll be out in the lobby over towards the next steps, just stop by and uh, grab what size fits you. There's also kids' sizes, so if you've got your kids in, Centerpoint Kids, grab them, grab a t-shirt for your child as well. We just want to bless you uh, as we finish this year, as we celebrate all that Jesus has done in our midst in this last season, give you a shirt that talks about uh, what our mission is, make Christ known. So pretty, pretty cool opportunity to make sure you grab one of those before you head out. Uh, the next thing is our, uh, our Centerpoint kids uh, are doing a Christmas program next Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. right in here. So come hang out. You don't, you don't, you're, you can come even if you don't have kids in the program. If you just want to come hang out, there will be treats. Last year, the over-under on the number of cookies that were here was 2,000. There's a lot of cookies. A lot of cookies. In order to eat that many cookies, we need you. All right, so come on in. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's, uh, they do a really good job. The kids do the greeting. They serve the refreshments. Um, like It's just a pretty spectacular opportunity to come and hang out and see what our kids have been learning over the last, in the last season and Centerpoint Kids as well. So come and hang out with us for that. That would be awesome. So we are in a series. It's called Christmas Lights. Um, and, and the idea uh, in the series is that in the Christmas season, which we're in, and then part of the stories in the Bible that go along with the Christmas season, there, there always seems to be a point of light in the story. And so last week we talked about there was an angel uh, that came to Uh, the dad of John the Baptist, his name is Zechariah, and when an angel shows up in the Bible, it's always associated with light. And this this week, we're going to continue in that, and we're going to talk about a story that you've likely heard. So even if you're uh, not a church attender, not a church goer, not really into the Jesus thing, you've probably still heard uh, about the wise men. Right There's a song, I mean, you probably had to sing that song at some point uh, in, in your life. And so uh, that's, the, that's the story uh, that we are going to jump into at this point. So 
If you have a Bible, you can try to read along, but we're actually going to be reading out of the message version of the Bible today. And so if you have an app on your phone, you can switch over to the message version of your app, and that's probably going to make life a little bit easier for you because it'll be confusing to follow along. The message translation, I love. It's beautiful imagery uh, for this, this story, so that's why I'm choosing, uh, choosing to read from from that. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 1. And I, my Bible, I didn't bring a message version, so I'm going to be reading it from my, my monitor in the back of the room, or from back here, depending on whether or not I can see that. So this is a sad moment for me. I have glasses laying over there, and I really don't want to have to put them on. <laughs> but we might. All right, we might have to do it. So, all right, Uh, Matthew chapter 2, starting verse 1. Here we go. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. Now, if you remember the song, right, you remember the song, it says, we three kings of Orient are. Remember? You know what I'm saying? Does that sound familiar? And the assumption is there's how many wise men from the east? Does it say that? No, it's, thank you. No, it says there was a band, there was a band of scholars from the east. How many three-piece bands are you aware of? Right, not many. I'm guessing there was at least five, because you got to have acoustic, electric, bass, you got a vocalist, and I hope we have a drummer. Right? So you've got to have a five-piece band. So I'm, we don't know how many came. The song is, is referencing the gifts and just put a number on it. We, we don't really know. But there was a band of them. Could have been a thousand. We don't know. It was a lot. It's pretty awesome. All right, we'll keep going. Next verse. They asked, they asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his, his birth, and we're on pilgrimage to worship him. So now, we don't know exactly where the wise men came from or the scholars came from. It doesn't say. It says they came from the east. Now, many, many years before Jesus was born, uh, the Jewish people, the Israelites, had been exiled into another kingdom, and the, the, the big town of that kingdom was known as Babylon. It was well east of Jerusalem. In the city of Babylon, there was a massive library, and one of the ways that the Babylonians conquered their people was they took their information. And so anything that was considered important information from the people group that they conquered, they would take that information, they would seize it, they would house it in their libraries. And so it's possible, because we know that when... um, When that group came into Jerusalem, they ransacked the temple. They took all of the scrolls, all the materials from the temple into Babylon. It's possible these people were from Babylon, had access to the library so they could read all of the scrolls or all of the Old Testament, all of the prophecy of the Jewish people so that they would know that there's going to be a star that rises and that's a signal to the birth of a new king of the Jews. We don't know for sure. Definitely possible. 100%. All right. We good? 
This is a little different. If you're following along, it's a little different, but that's okay. No. They saw this, and then they, they got packed up and left. Now, in a, in a strange turn of events, we do have a picture of the band of scholars getting ready. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, ask your parents or grandparents, all right? <laughs> all right, let's keep reading. Uh, when word of their inquiry got to Herod, he was the king, he was terrified. And not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all of the high priests and religion scholars in the city together and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And they told him, Bethlehem, Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. It's you, Bethlehem, in Judah's land, no longer bringing up the rear, from you will come the leader who will shepherd rule my people, Israel. Now, Herod was scared because Herod had a lot of things working against him. First off, um, Herod was made, they called him the king. He was really just the governor. He was put into rule by the Roman government who, was, um, who had conquered all of the area, and so he was kind of just a puppet. And the other reason he was a little bit uneasy is he was technically he was technically kind of Jewish because his family had converted uh, a couple of generations before him because it was convenient at the time for their family to do so, given the situation politically. But he didn't really understand all of the prophecy, like it wasn't in him like it was for a lot of the people at the time. Like he didn't have this deep grasp and understanding what was actually going on. And so his response was fear. He didn't know what to do with it. And so he kind of had to scramble. And as the leader of a people group, that'd be a little bit embarrassing. Somebody shows up to tell you something that's happening in your kingdom that you know nothing about or even what he's referencing. And so you kind of have to pretend you know what's going on. Like, oh yeah, 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 the prophecy, yeah, yep. We'll figure it out. So that's kind of what Herod did. He ended up scrambling a little bit, but here's how he worked it. Here's how he worked it out. We'll continue to go on the next verse. Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east, pretending to be as devout as they were. He got, them, he got them to tell him exactly when the birth announcement star had appeared. Then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, go find this child, leave no stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word, and I will join you at once in your worship. Herod was terrified. He was he was hearing that there was someone who was born to be king of the people that he was currently ruling, which meant that he was no longer going to be king. And so he says, hey, go, and then tell me where this kid is because I want to worship him. And that wasn't, that's not what was true. That's not what was actually going on. That was not his heart or his plan. He was trying to confuse and hoodwink, manipulate the scholars into telling where Jesus was so that he could kill him and take him out. 
because that's how Herod worked. That's how he had worked in his entire life. He had killed his first wife and children because he thought they were trying to take over his kingship. Not a good dude. All right, next verse. It says, instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly, hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. Now, these scholars from the East, these wise men or magi, depending on which story that you have read, these people, they thought that they were following a star. They were using a star to navigate their way to Jesus. See, there were super educated people who had means and had been able to travel. And as great travelers, they knew the night sky because knowing the night sky wasn't like a fun thing to do. Like my friend who has, um, who has a little uh, telescope set up in his backyard where he can take these amazing photos of the night sky. It wasn't a hobby. It was a way for them to survive and live and to navigate when they didn't have, I mean, they didn't have MapQuest yet. Or Google Maps. Is that more comfortable for you? Like, wasn't quite there yet. And so they had to find a different way. And so when they noticed the star and they connected the star to the prophecy, the experience that they had was that they believed that God was navigating, they were using the star, they were using the star to navigate their way to God, navigate their way to the newborn king of the Jews. That's not exactly what happened. That's what they experienced. That's what they were experiencing in the moment, but that's not actually what happened because you see, for, for that star to show up, the light from that star had to leave and head to earth well before the wise men even knew it was going to exist. See, God had to orchestrate that star to be in that place at that time, shining for those men to see it years before the wise men could ever see it. How do we know that? Well, we've studied how, how fast light travels. Everybody knows, right? Everybody knows how fast light travels. We can all just say it out loud together. Ready? Go. I'll, I'll help you out. It's 186,000 miles per second. Oh, yeah. I was going to say 185,900. My bad. Right? So light travels 186,000 miles per second. We are not impressed. Okay. Uh, that's pretty fast, friends. Let me give you an example of how fast that is. Has anybody ever heard of this? I'm going to give you an easy one. Have you heard of the sun? Hands? I'm a little concerned about this area. <laughs> I'm going to pray more for you. Um, 
So the sun is generally, now not always around here, but generally it's the large ball of fire that we see in our sky. We call that the sun. The sun is 93 million miles from earth, which is a ways. Light from the sun takes eight and a half minutes to get here. We're still not impressed. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's fast. What if we, all right, here we go. I don't know how far away the star was that the wise men saw. I do know, though, the closest star besides our sun to, our, to the planet Earth, to our solar system, is called Proxima Centauri. So Proxima Centauri is the closest star to our planet. Now, it's not close. Okay, so it is 4.24 light years from us. I got a wow, but I feel like that was like a, let's just move on, wow. So that we can just talk about something else. But <laughs> there is a point, hang with me, 4.24 light years away. Now, a light year is how far light will travel in a year, okay? Light at 186,000 miles per second, light will travel 5.88 trillion miles. 5.88 trillion with a TR miles. Okay. Now, little context because now you're patronizing. And we won't stand for it. Uh, little context. If you left today, right after church, and tried to drive to Proxima Centauri, all right, you're going to drive to Proxima Centauri, you're going to leave today, driving the South Dakota speed limit, 65 miles per hour, it would take you 44 million years to get there. It's a long ways. I complain about the drive to the Black Hills. Just being honest, the time change doesn't, doesn't help that much. Not that excited. This is a massive universe. But the point is that the light from that star, God had to have sent towards earth at least four and a quarter years before the wise men ever even started packing to leave. And so while the wise men thought they were using a star to navigate their way to Jesus, what actually was happening was that God was navigating his way to them. God's plan started moving towards us well before you got any inkling of wanting anything to do with him. 
His plan of redemption for us has been moving towards us long before we could see it. And what we experience, I, I don't want to discount what we experience because I've experienced it too. We experience that we find Jesus, that we are moving towards Jesus, that we see a light and we're attracted to it and we want to go towards it and we think we're moving towards this light and it's not untrue. We are, but the fact is that God set that in motion years before we even knew to look for the light. Well before we even started to recognize we had a need for a Savior, our Savior was moving towards us. I think it's pretty cool. That's how big our God is. That's how much our God loves us. That's how different our God is from the other religions that are out there. Look, the story continues with less physics. I know that pleases some of you. All right, so next verse. They entered the house, saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother, Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When I was preparing for this message, I read through a number of different translations of the Bible over the same passage. And the reason I decided to use the message was because of that passage right there. It's... Just beautiful. This band of scholars had traveled unknown miles seeking the newborn king of the Jews. And when they got to him, the language says they were overcome, they were overwhelmed. And they kneeled and worshipped to a baby who was being held in his mother's arms. Now, there is no record. They, they met with King Herod. There is no record of them kneeling before King Herod. They, maybe they did and it didn't get written down, but there's no record of it. But before Jesus... They were overcome. They were overwhelmed with his presence. They kneeled and worshiped. Do you ever wonder what heaven is going to be like? I think that's it. Come into the presence of God and overcome, overwhelmed, will kneel. And worship. Now they also brought gifts. But the interesting part about this is that they brought really impractical 
gifts. Like, I mean, nowadays, it's like, just get a gift card, send them an email. I mean, that would have been late, especially for these guys. They're traveling, we don't know how far, and they bring a trunk full of gold. I mean, that would have been heavy. They probably would have had to hire an extra camel just for the gold. But they brought it as an act of worship. They brought it, I think, to tell a beautiful story. So one of the commentaries that that we took a look at it showed like the meaning behind the gifts that were brought. So gold equals security. Right? Many of us, we, f- we find comfort in financial security. Gold was security. The wise men come and they hand over their gold. Because they know that Jesus is sufficient. Sufficient means that he'll take care of everything, of all the needs that we have. We need him. We don't need anything else if we have him. So we don't need security in something else when we have it in Jesus. Frankincense is an act of worship. If you have never burned frankincense, you should try it. My suggestion would be to try it outdoors first because your house will smell like frankincense for a while if you do it inside. But in that time, the burning of frankincense was this amazing experience of worship because it was an aroma pleasing to God. Last was myrrh. So myrrh, a few weeks ago we talked about myrrh in reference to the city of Smyrna. If you want to go back and watch, wearecenterpoint.com. Click on the watch button. You can watch past messages. But myrrh was the base of a really expensive perfume. And so it was something that was used in reference to, to beauty. Not just as this little young child beautiful, but the story of the gospel is beautiful. The gospel is beautiful. The story that, that Jesus showed up to live out is beautiful. Even in this moment, It's marking what Jesus is going to do for everyone who believes in him. He's going to set them free from sin. For everybody who believes in him. Jesus takes on the sin of the world, the sin of the past, of the present, and of the future. He's going to take it all on himself, and he's going to to die to pay the price for all of our sin. And three days later, he is raised from the, de- the dead. He defeats death so that we no longer have to fear death. He lives on eternally at the right hand of the Father, and we have access to God through Jesus by believing that he is our Savior and Lord. That's beautiful.
Last verse we're going to share. Finally comes to an end. In a dream, they were warned not to report back to Herod. Remember Herod had said, hey, tell me, tell me where this kid is. In a dream, they were warned not to report back to Herod. So they worked out another route, left the territory without being seen, and returned to their own country. Here's what's true. When you encounter Jesus, you're changed. When you encounter Jesus, you can't help but be changed. You can't help but show up different. So different that you can't even retrace your old steps. This band of scholars met Jesus. And they were changed. So much so, they couldn't even go home the same way. They're changed by Jesus. Now they're guided by the Spirit. This is our story as well. When we believe and surrender our life to Christ, we're totally changed by him and then forever more guided by his spirit, led by the Holy Spirit in everything that we do or say. They showed up and offered gifts to Jesus and this is the gift that Jesus gave back to them. Even as a a young child, when they encountered him, they were changed. And the Spirit, from that moment on, started guiding them in a different direction. All started with this light. This light that God had sent to earth via a star. Is anybody up early this morning? See the stars this morning? So there was no moon. The stars were particularly bright. It was magnificent. And yes, if you're wondering, I was wondering how many light years away that one was. (laughs) Just wondering. I don't even know which one it is, so I'll never know, but I got to wonder about it. It was spectacular. This light has impact. Is this light from God? It threatens the powerful. Think back to Herod's reaction. Herod was threatened by the light of God. Light threatens the powerful. It attracts the wise. Friends, Jesus is attractive. When people see us reflecting Jesus in our lives, they're attracted to us and they want some of what we have. They want to know more about what is going on in our world because they see something in us they don't see other places. This light from God threatens 
the powerful. It attracts the wise. It blinds the religious. The religious scholars of the day bought into bought into the fact that this baby was a threat, not that he was the Messiah. They missed it from the very beginning. They were blinded to it. Finally, this light envelops the surrender. This is our opportunity. When we surrender our life to Jesus, we become a reflection of his light. His light emanates from us to go out into our spheres of influence and have people be like, what is that about? What is that all about? I want that. So initially, as we were going down this path, I had a question that I was going to ask. And is what are you using to navigate your way to Jesus? That was my first thought uh, about a month ago when we started thinking about this message. But as we dove into it and realized that's not actually what happened, I had a different question. So the band's going to come up. We're going to play one more song. And I want to finish with this question. Are you ready for the light of Jesus to find you? No. There's a couple of different ways you can interact with this. You can be somebody who, who said yes to Jesus years ago, who believed in Jesus years ago. But in recent, in recent times, you've just been looking for the shadows to kind of get out of the light, to take a break. Maybe you're tired or disinterested or it's just it's been too much. Are you ready? for the light of Jesus to find you again. And for some of you, you've never seen the light of Jesus before. You didn't know before maybe today that Jesus' light was pursuing you. And it didn't just start yesterday. The light of Jesus has been pursuing you for years. And all that we're asking is are you ready to come out of the shadows? into the light. It's a great opportunity to stop trying to hide, to stop trying to fight, just to let go and let Jesus. Because that's what he wants to do in your life, in all of our lives. He wants to let the light into every dark crevice and crease. Every dark place in your life you've been pushing him away from, Jesus wants it to set you free. Not just for today, for eternity. That's his gift to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've been pursuing us longer than we could ever know. That you've been chasing us, sending your light upon us. God, help us to stop hiding. Help us to stop seeking shadowy places. God, but help us to stand boldly 
boldly in the center of our worlds, letting your light find every piece of us. Lord, so from this day forward, from this moment forward, we can live in the light. We can be caught by the light. And we can choose to reflect your light in our community around us. Only you can do this, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship on Sundays at 930.